Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Podcast, where laughter is a main course and humor is always on the menu. So let's get started, and here's your daily dose of funny. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But it's, it's amazing to be here. You guys have been so, uh, so, so, so great. Everybody's been so nice. You know, I spent my day, I went to like... Eight thrift stores. <laughs> this town, this is like a time machine. This town. You guys shop at, you guys shop at thrift stores. I do. I love it. I like, I like the like savers because they try to act like a regular department store. But I've never been to a regular department store that smells like my grandma's house. Or something, so it's, it's a little weird. <laughs> you can find amazing things. You can get a bowling ball for a dollar. Actually, you know what? You can get a bowling trophy for 50 cents and just cut out the middleman. My friends are like, dude, I didn't know you bowled a 300 game. And there's a lot of things you don't know about me. How come we don't ever go bowling? I don't want to talk about it anymore. Maybe I'm in the famous bowler relocation program, bro. You ask a lot of questions about what's obviously my favorite sport based on the amount of trophies I have with other people's names on them. You ruined it. This happened to me at Goodwill. I'm 48 years old, which is not terribly old, but it's midlife if I'm being honest with myself and others. <laughs> I'm checking out at Goodwill, and the lady behind the counter says this to me. She goes, are you eligible for any discounts? And I didn't know what she meant by that, and I was like, oh, I like to save money. What kind of discounts are we talking about? I walked right into it. She was like, I don't know, 55 or older? And I was like, no, I'm not eligible for that particular discount at this time. And then she goes, you know what? I didn't think so. Oh, you didn't think so? Well, then who brought that up then where I could be a senior citizen? Was the guy in the bric-a-brac going, check his ID? Well, he might want to save 87 cents. Oh, I didn't think so, you. <laughs> I was at a Salvation Army store once. There was a guy in front of me checking out who wanted a discount on shoes because the shoes he was buying didn't have laces in them. And I was like, hey, it's $2 for shoes. Uh, take a chance. You know, it's probably going to work out. And... Uh, and he was arguing with the cashier. And at one point he goes, well, I want to talk to the manager about the shoelace policy of the Salvation Army. <laughs> Those words have never been said in that order ever. And I was next in line. I'm like, hey, maybe they take the laces out of the shoes so the employees don't try to hang themselves on their lunch break. Like, I'll give you a dollar. I don't have time for your chicanery. Oh, I was mad, and I'm an English major. And I was like, chicanery, look it up. And I threw a thesaurus at him and walked away. 
He was like, I thought of the source was a dinosaur. <laughs> My favorite part about Goodwill is they have video cameras set up so you can't steal their awesome crap. <laughs> video cam they should have a video camera pointed at the video camera because that's the most valuable thing in the whole... Who is guarding the video camera? If I ran Goodwill, there would just be two video cameras pointed at each other and people would be walking out with all of the macrame owls. <laughs> One of those walkers with a toilet seat attached to the top. <laughs> Grab that quesadilla machine. <laughs> it's weird. You can't go to a Goodwill without finding a walker with a toilet seat attached to the <laughs> Used. And I don't know why it's there, but I don't want to know why it's there. I'm pretty sure you have to die to give up your walker with a toilet seat attached. Right? There's no upgrade. You can't... <laughs> can't get a nicer one or next year's model. Nobody's like, oh man, the 2020s just came in and there's a cup holder. <laughs> this one's got Wi-Fi. This one's got Wi-Fi right there. <laughs> Nobody wakes up all optimistic going, honey, I'm tired of pooping in my walker. <laughs> well, I'm gonna start using the toilet like everyone else, so call the Goodwill. Schedule pickup for my walker pooper today. <laughs> Free at last. I mean, it's one thing to wear a shirt that's got some other guy's name written into the collar. It's another thing to use a dead guy's walker pooper. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I like a value, who doesn't? But in that situation, you gotta buy new. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're not cutting corners. You're not trying to save a buck. There's too many memories associated with a dead man's Walker pooper. It could be haunted, and then what? You got a haunted Walker pooper in your house. A poopergeist. Look, we... <laughs> a lot's changed since last time I was here. The world ended. Uh, <laughs> for a while, there was a worldwide pandemic. I don't know if you guys watched the news. Uh, pretty, pretty good story there for a long time. I don't even know if it's over, I think. I can't tell. No one's come out to tell us either way. I feel like Greta Thunberg should come out and just give us good news for once in her little life and be like, hey, I know I'm like the groundhog of bad news, but the pandemic's over, everybody. I think she should be the one to tell us. She should be given that honor, but I don't know. I thought the pandemic ended in March of 2021, and I actually declared that it was over. I yelled out loud. I declared the pandemic is now over. I have no jurisdiction to do that. But I saw so many other people yelling craziness about the pandemic that I felt left out, all right? But I really thought the pandemic was over in March of this year uh, because I was flying home from Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, oh, are you? Okay. I've never. All right. Yeah. <laughs> they do have an airport. You all right? I was. I was flying home from Kansas City, Missouri, and across the aisle, this lady had the whole row to herself, and uh, she laid down, face down into the airplane seat cushion. Just face right into it. No pillow, no rolled up sweatshirt, just face into a seat cushion. And I was looking at her, I'm like, yeah, I, I think the pandemic's over now. <laughs> but it is not, it is, there is more. Man, this pandemic, it's just, I don't know, a bunch of craziness has happened. Feels like a Super Bowl halftime show. That's what it is. Like a really long one when we're at home and we're just like, yeah, I guess this is entertaining, but when can we go back to the thing we showed up for? <laughs> you know, it's definitely entertaining moments, but it's a little long in the tooth, yeah? Wrap it up. I miss this, I miss doing comedy in front of people. Like during the pandemic, I didn't stop doing comedy. I was doing comedy on Zoom. I don't know if you got, you know, Zoom, the meeting app? That, yeah, that should have been illegal. 
that they let us do comedy on Zoom. If you don't know what that is, comedy on Zoom is exactly what I'm doing right now, except I would be doing it in my living room, doing it into my laptop screen, which uh, hurts my heart just to talk about. Here's something you might not know about comedians, but if we bomb at a venue, we just don't go back to that venue, all right? There's plenty of bars and restaurants I've never stepped foot back into in San Diego where I live because I bombed there, and they've offended me. And when I drive by, I give them an ugly look, all right? Because I remember that they hurt my heart. But during the pandemic, I was doing comedy on Zoom in a place I pay to live at, so I couldn't even leave. The next day, I would just wake up and I'd make coffee in the morning, like, yep, that's where it happened. That's where I lost my dignity. Now, when I did Zoom comedy, I did try to make it feel like the real thing. So what I asked was for everyone to put their microphones on so I could hear the laughter. So it was like this. And I remember in December, I did a company Christmas party at one in the afternoon, which that should have been illegal, all right? Nothing is funny at one in the afternoon, okay? You can't do comedy at one in the afternoon. God's watching, all right? It's meant to be done at night in secret, you know? That's what comedy's meant to be. But I was doing comedy at one in the afternoon, and uh, I asked everyone to put their microphones on, and there was an older lady in the audience. I could tell by her voice. She didn't have her video on, it just said Nancy on the screen. And she had her microphone on, but I don't think she meant to. Because like two minutes into my act, I hit a punchline and everybody laughed. And for a second, I'm like, all right, this feels good. This feels like the real thing. And as soon as the laughter died down, Nancy, who doesn't realize her microphone's on, goes, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I gotta get to Costco. Really taking the wind out of my sails right now. Man, I do not miss Zoom. I did another company Christmas party that same day, and you know how you can see the other members of the meeting up at the top? I had someone leave my show by closing their laptop screen. <laughs> Do you get why that hurts? Like, they just close. I saw them make the decision and execute. <laughs> like, it's dark in here. I can see the first few rows, but if someone in the back was like, I can't stand this, I gotta leave, I'll never know. And I'll leave tonight going, I had a fun show. <laughs> But this person just looked in my soul and went, that's about enough of you. Do you get why that hurt? She didn't leave the meeting. She left technology. She's like, I'm gonna go read a book or something. What else amazing me to hurt? Big data is that we live by big data. I love statistics, big data, analytics, whatever it is. But here's the thing. When it comes to big data, there's a lot of bad data out there. Because statistics can be manipulated. To show you how you can manipulate statistics, these are actual true statistics. Watch what I do with them. These are actual true. Uh, it turns out in China, there's about 1.4 billion people in China, right? 1.4. There are 7 billion people on Earth. Therefore, statistically, it cannot be argued one out of every five babies born on Earth are, in fact, Chinese. So you could say, statistically, if you got four kids, you're expecting a fifth, it will be Chinese. <laughs> So don't be surprised, that's all I'm saying. Don't be surprised. I don't have a problem with it. Usually the fifth kid's gonna be Chinese, just deal with it. So when you hear a statistic, always ask about the other side of a statistic. Ask, you know, look at it from a different perspective. 44% of marriages end in divorce, 44. Now, that's a scary number, that, that's scary. When you first get married, you're like, oh my God. But here's the thing, it's not so scary when you look at it from a different perspective. If 44% of marriages end in divorce, you know what that means? 56% of marriages end in death. <laughs> Those are the two ways that marriages end, folks. <laughs> Apparently this is just occurring to some of the married people out there. Just be, enjoy being married, because it's not pretty when it ends, trust me. Perspective is important. Here's another one. 65% of Americans are overweight for their height. But maybe, just maybe, 65% of Americans are just not tall enough for their weight. <laughs> I am not 20 pounds overweight. I am three inches too short, darn it. I'm going to Height Watchers. Uh, the insurance companies will tell you this is true. 95% of all car accidents occur within one mile of your home. That is true. And even in the brightest of crowds, there's always a couple of people thinking, ooh, I gotta move. 
no, that's not going to help. Trust me, that is not going to help. But if you believe that, therefore, if you believe that, the safest thing to do is park one mile from your home and walk the rest of the way. Really, do that. Please do that. This one's amazing. I wrote it as a joke, but I actually think it's a good idea. Watch this. When the lottery a couple years ago hit $1.6 billion, 146 million people bought tickets. 146, remember that number. 146 million people bought tickets. In the 2016 president's election, 136 million people voted. 10 million less than played the lottery. Yeah. So you know what? We want more people to vote. Every election, we should pick one voter to win $1.6 billion. <laughs> Look at that. Now we're all, I can't wait to vote. Let's go vote. We wait in line for hours. Who are you voting for? I don't care. Give me a quick pick. I just got to get in. This is a true survey. They asked women. I did not make this up. I read this and immediately thought what I'm about to share. 33% of women polled said they have dated an ugly guy just because he was funny, which I think is amazing. Ladies, you use a criteria. Nothing, I've never heard a man ever say, well, she's not very uh, pretty, but she's funny. I want to go out with her. Doesn't happen. So thank you, ladies, for so, being so much less shallow than men. That's what I'm saying. So I thought that was great until I realized, hold on, I'm married. You know what that really means? That means there's a one in three chance my wife thinks I'm ugly. I'm like, honey, am I good looking? You're funny. Shut up. And then finally, I hear this one on the radio all the time. One out of 10 people suffer from hemorrhoids. One out of 10 people suffer from hemorrhoids. Does that mean that nine out of 10 people actually enjoy hemorrhoids? Ooh, the itching and burning. That's that time of year they're back. Let's go dancing. I can't sit down anyway. Come on. Listen, I don't want to hate people. They make me hate them. Start out loving everybody. It's what you do that causes me to hate you. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'll give you an example. I had a car accident. I'm okay. Young kid, stoned out of his mind, on his cell phone, music blaring, looked a lot like you. He barrels into the back of my car gets out of the car, comes up to me. He's like, dude, I don't know what happened, dude. I go, oh, what happened is your mother forgot her birth control in 1997. <laughs> That's what happened, dude. I didn't want to say that. He made me say it. I was a victim. I was victimized. On the airplane coming here, the woman in the seat behind me gets up and starts spritzing cinnamon. She sp I, go, I go, lady, what are you doing? She goes, well, it's natural. I go, yeah, so's my butt, but I'm not putting it in your face. I didn't want to hate her. She made me hate her. I was a victim. The Department of Vital Statistics in New York City, and I said to the man on the other end of the phone, I said, Sir, I need a copy of a death certificate. He said, Is it for you? <laughs> no. I said, Yes, I, I plan ahead. I like planning ahead. That's, that's what I do. I'm dead on the inside. Does that count? <laughs> Can my ghost pick it up on Wednesday? I spent a lot of time in San Francisco, and there's really good people there. Uh, environmentalists, if they find a turtle with a tumor, they will reroute an entire freeway. <laughs> healthy, healthy. My friend made me a veggie burger. She says, Maureen, it has corn and beans. It needs a little something else. I go, it needs beef. That's what that needs. <laughs> that needs beef. <laughs> Lamb, veal. Give me something in that. Sometimes too politically correct. Sometimes. I did, a, um, I did my solo show, Daughter of a Garbage Man, and it is about my father being raised in a working class family. And in the show, I say that my father is a blend of Archie Bunker, Fred Sanford, and Marlon Brando, the early years, not the fat years. <laughs> 
this middle-aged woman comes up to me after the show and says, I'm offended that you used the word fat. I used to have eating issues. Well, who didn't get in line? And my therapist says, I need to confront things that trigger me. And you picked me? You picked me. You've known me an hour and I'm the problem, really? I think you should confront cake and cookies. That's what you should confront. How did I become a part of your nightmare? I didn't want to hate her. She made me hate her. You see, I was a victim. I got a call from Caroline's on Broadway in New York City and Caroline said to me, Maureen, I'm doing a private event. I want five women on the bill. I'd like you to be one of them. I said, oh, goodness gracious me, I would love that. And she said, but there's one caveat, one condition. She said, um, <laughs> you have to talk about menopause. But I don't, I mean, I talk about men don't pause when you hit a certain age, but, <laughs> but I, I just don't identify, I don't have symptoms. She said, it pays $5,000. I said, oh my goodness, I just got a hot flash. Like, I can't, can't stop sweating. I can't stop sweating. So I have to go to get the makeup at the Bloomingdale's. And as I head to the counter, this young, hopeful, dewy thing looks at me aghast. And she's like, oh, 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 you have mature skin. As if it's contagious. And it is, she'll catch it in 20 years. <laughs> you have to go over there to the mature skin counter, like way over there, way, like past your prime, keep going. Come on. You'll see bitterness, regret, rage, keep on going, keep going until you see the diuretics, the dry eye, and the adult depends dignity diapers. When you get to the adult depends dignity diapers, you're in the right place. And my doctor says, well, Maureen, at your age, you may need them because you could get sudden bladder leakage. And I said, when? And she said, suddenly. I don't know, sir. I don't know if tonight's the night. I don't know. I have no idea. Get some galoshes. I don't know what to tell. I'm sorry. All I know is I'm getting Botox. Because if I'm going to pee on myself, at least I'll look pretty. I don't know if you all know this or not, but this show will be streamed across the world. Millions of people will see it. So because I haven't traveled in a very long time and my family is watching this, I will use some of this camera time to say hello to some of them and talk about a few of you, okay? And I don't mean you, I mean my family. Since you won't answer my calls, you will see this on the internet and I'm sending you a link, Aunt Vicky. <laughs> She's selling her house and I asked to buy the house at a decent price and she wants to sell it to somebody who's not in our bloodline so I hope you fall down a small flight of stairs, Aunt Vicky. <laughs> I get to the jokes in a minute. I'm serious about this. I got a lot of fans. I'm from St. Louis, okay? And um, I did Dry Bar a few years ago in, in, in a production company, Kaleidoscope Pictures. They're a wonderful company. They hired me, and now I'm one of the new cast members on Studio C. Thank you very much. Yes. So when you watch Studio C and you see these crazy sketches, they say, ah! I was at the show, and that idiot was on stage. That's me. Yeah, so I moved here, and I don't get to see my family now because I'm stuck. No, no, I'm not stuck in a bad way, you know. Well, I can't say not totally a bad way. I've dealt with some stuff since I've been here. Like, I'm, 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 I feel like the only black person in town, okay? Let me just tell you that. The mascot, okay? I caused two accidents. They couldn't stop looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> 
watch sports, so I was like, who is Carmelo? <laughs> I don't. I, I hate sports. I got a couple of family members. They will watch sports all day, every day, and I can appreciate sports, the, the, the work ethic that goes into it and everything, but I'm like, they're on TV making money. I need to be out making money. I don't have time to watch somebody win or lose. <laughs> That's crazy. Aunt Vicky. <laughs> And I love her, because she was my favorite aunt. I'm going to tell you this, Aunt Vicky, you were my favorite aunt. She was so nice, she's pretty, she's polite, she could cook. And the nice ones always die early. The mean ones last forever, amen? You're not, you know what I'm talking about. I have an aunt, and because of the rest of my family, I won't say her name on camera, but this lady is mean. When I tell you mean, I mean mean. Like, she walks around with a dark cloud over her head. Matter of fact, there's two of them. I won't talk about you either, Aunt. Hmm? Oh, I'm sending them the link. I'm serious. I was a little boy. Thank you, sir, for that random laugh. The laugh of familiarity. <laughs> he tried to clear his throat, but he... <laughs> Tell the story. I was about five or six years old. And my mother used to always take me to church. I'll get back to that in a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not from here. I already said that. I'm not a heathen, and I don't have that written across my head. Stop coming up to me asking me if I know Jesus, like you know him better than me. Okay. I'm just being honest. Were you yawning? <sighs> okay, anyway. Okay, okay, was it a good sign? Yeah. All right, I'm leaving you alone. I'm, I'm doing a taping. I don't know if they can edit your sigh. Did you hear that sigh, sir? I want an episode of Scooby-Doo. Anyway, I'm sorry, I have ADD. I was about five years old. I was in a different room and my mother was sitting in a room with my aunt, who I don't like, but her name starts with an A. And I, I walked into the room and they were having a conversation and my aunt turned around and looked at me and she said, speak of the devil. I didn't know what that meant at the time. But my mother always told me that the devil was very bad. It's an evil person. This is not good. So when I walk in the room and she points at me and says, speak of the devil, she made me think I was the devil. And I felt bad. And when she left, I told my mother, I said, you know, she, she didn't have to say that about me. And she called me the devil. And my mother said, don't worry about it. I said, no, mom, you said the devil was bad. And she told me about hell and everything. She said, don't worry about it. I said, that's not good. And every time I saw my aunt after there, she would give me this scowl. <clears throat> she looked at me very crazily, right? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
couldn't stand that lady. And I thought about that every time I saw her. And my oldest sister got married, and I went to the wedding, obviously, and my little brother. And my aunt came to the wedding, and everybody started dancing. And I was a little kid, and I didn't know how to dance. So I did the only dance that I knew how to do. It was the curly shuffle. You laugh because you know who Curly is. He's one of the three stooges. And he used to do this dance like this. He would kick his feet back three times and go whoop, 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 whoop. That's the only dance I knew how to do. And I did that dance and I kicked mine. And she act like she got shot. She fell down. She's screaming all over the place. She's grabbing her ankle and hopping and everything. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I apologized a bunch of times. The wedding was over. Days went by, weeks went by. I sent her a card, I apologized, and she never got over it. She came to my grandparents' anniversary dinner, and I was standing there waiting on my hamburger. My grandmother makes the best hamburgers on the planet. I don't know if she seasoned them with grace and mercy or love, but they taste so delicious. My grandmother is a fantastic person, and she stacked that burger, and it was my burger. I made my bun. You know how, you ever had a homemade burger? You make the bun the way you like it, Miracle Whip? Pickles and onions? Mustard and ma all of works, potato chips on the side. I had the plate ready, and my aunt came in the kitchen, and she was a little chubby, so she waddled in there, and she grabbed my piece of beef out of the skillet with a fork, and she put it on the bun that I built, and she mashed it together, and she took a bite out of it. She was smacking them big greasy lips. And I was looking at her like, no! And she took another bite. And she started having a heart attack. That's very cruel of you all to laugh. But I appreciate it. Because I had never seen a heart attack. I didn't know what a heart attack was. But I knew she was in trouble. And she bit my hamburger, so I started getting joy out of her having a heart attack. I didn't know what was wrong. And she was, the hamburger was so good, she kept chewing it while she was having a heart attack. She going down. And I was going. I laughed until she dropped to the floor. And, and she dropped the hamburger, and I ran over, and I grabbed it, and I, I put it back together, and I took a bite out of it, and I looked at her right in her eyes, and I said, hmm, speak of the devil. <laughs> She's still alive to this day. She won't die. I don't know what it is about mean aunties and grandparents. They just won't die. She's still alive. She's in a nursing home, and every time I go to St. Louis, I, I go visit her at that nursing home, and I take her a hamburger. <laughs> Even though I know she can't eat it, I just, I just eat it in front of her. <laughs> like I'm doing a commercial. <laughs> How would you like the new Speak of the Devil burger? I have trouble dealing with people on the phone and in person. These are the two areas I'm working in. <laughs> I have nothing against the congenitally stupid. I just don't understand why they all end up in customer service. supermarket the other day I'm in the supermarket right I get out of the supermarket I get in my car my car won't start so I called AAA I said yeah I'm in the parking lot of the supermarket the car won't start the lady from AAA says was your car working when you drove it there <laughs> as a matter of fact it wasn't I had to push my car all the way here from my house now it's all loaded up with groceries it's a little too heavy to push back maybe you can send somebody over we're at the mercy of these people. Every, you, every morning, every morning I go to the same store. I get the same five items every morning. I get a bottle of water, a banana, a cheese danish, a cup of coffee, and a roll of Tums. 
Five distinctly different items of all different sizes, shapes, and consistencies. And every morning, the guy behind the counter asks the same stupid question. Uh, you need a bag for that? No, I don't need a bag. In fact, don't even put the coffee in a cup. I'll just stand here with my mouth open. You can pour the hot coffee directly down my throat. With numbers, like with my car, I'm not a car guy, right? I'm a city guy, I'm not a car guy. Something goes wrong with the car, I gotta trust the mechanic, because I don't know what he's doing. Luckily, I have a very honest mechanic, and he keeps my car running beautifully. Because every time I go in for an oil change, he sells me a new transmission. <laughs> now, now the doctors are telling, here's the latest thing. The doctor says, oh, you gotta cut down on red meat. That's the thing, you're eating too much red meat. You know what I tell him? I said, you're wrong. I said, meat eaters live longer than vegetarians. Do you know why? Because we embrace life, and then we eat it. <laughs> I'm a meat eater, I don't mess around. I go to a restaurant, I get a big juicy steak, I get a side order of pot roast, I get meat, meatballs on top of that. I tell the waiter, take it back, put it in the blender, make me a meat smoothie, I'm a meat eater. <laughs> Some vegetarians are very pushy. I saw a bumper sticker on a car. It said, meat makes me sick. Why would you put that on your car? Meat makes me sick. I'm gonna get a bumper sticker on my car that says, wheat gives me a rash. What do you think of that? I'm gonna get a bumper sticker on my car that says, if I so much as get in the same room with a plum, I develop a urinary tract infection. What do you think of that? peculiar thing this need people have to put their innermost feelings and beliefs on little pieces of paper glued to the back of their cars. People put information about their families on bumper stickers. My son's an honor student at Midvale High. I don't care. Do I bore you with information about my family on the back of my car? Do I have a bumper sticker on the back of my car that says, my cousin Bob in Hoboken has hepatitis? No, no, I don't care. I go to the optometrist recently. I wear glasses when I'm not on stage. I've been wearing glasses my whole life. Recently, I go to the optometrist, and he hits me, hits me with one of these. He says, uh, yeah, you're about, uh, you're about six months away from bifocals. <laughs> oh, you hear that, and you fully expect to hear, and you're 12 months away from being spoon-fed tapioca by a registered nurse. <laughs> so I had to go to the eyeglass store to get the multi, I'm getting, wearing the multifocal lenses now. Anybody wear these things? I can't get used to these things. I, can't, I don't know whether to look up or down. I got no depth perception. I leave the house in the morning, I feel like one of the flying Willendas. <laughs> so I gotta go to the eyeglass store. I just wanna grab my glasses and get out. But you can't, you can't. Because first you gotta deal with the lady behind the counter whose sole job is to take your new glasses and put them on your head. <laughs> because this is apparently a very complicated task. You might screw it all up and poke your own eye out. <laughs> So she takes my new multifocal lens, she puts them on my head, and she looks. Then she takes them off, she makes a little adjustment. She puts them back, she looks. Then she says, these are gonna look crooked. But it's not the glasses, it's you. You have one eye higher than the other. So I said, could you take them back? Could you straighten them out? She said, no, they are straight. It's not the glasses. It's you. So now I'm starting to get a little steamed. I said, ma'am, now, you should know, when I start a sentence with the word ma'am, that's a key word. That means the volcano is about to erupt. It's like starting a sentence with, with all due respect. No one in the history of the English language has ever said anything respectful following with all due respect. It's always with all due respect, you should drop dead. So I said, ma'am, I've been wearing glasses all my life. I have never had this problem. She says, sir, with all due respect, I've been selling glasses all my life. I've never had this problem. I said, really? You've been selling glasses all your life? So when all the other little kids were out on the front lawn with their lemonade stands, you were out there with your optometry kiosk. When all the little Girl Scouts were going door to door selling cookies, you were selling disposable contact lenses. So I do 12 rounds, 12 rounds with this lunatic. I storm out, I storm out, I get in the car. My wife's waiting in the car outside. I get in the car. My wife says, what happened? I said, I'll tell you what happened. That woman's insane. She said, I had one eye higher than the other. My wife says, you just noticed this? She says, everybody on your side of the family has one eye higher than the other. 
So now I'm juggling three different pairs of glasses, three different. I got my new multifocal lenses. These are for everyday use and for driving. I still wear my old prescription for distance, like when I go to the movies, it's just easier. And now, of course, I also have my new reading glasses just for reading. So the ultimate nightmare for me would be to go see a foreign movie with subtitles at a drive-in theater. <laughs> Three different pairs of glasses I can't find in the morning. I walk around, I get up, I walk around the house all day looking for my glasses. I gotta call my wife, I say, honey, come home, help me find my glasses. She comes home, she can't help me find the glasses because she can't find her glasses. I say, put your contact lenses in so you can see, so you can find your glasses. This is what we do all day, we look for glasses. <laughs> Young couples just starting out, it's exciting. 24 years later, you look for glasses. This is what we do. This is what we do all day. I started growing my hair long when I turned 40. That was my very mild midlife crisis. That's all I have the energy and money to do. That's all the rebellion I have left. Just screw you, supercuts. I'm off the grid. Yeah, you gotta do the hair flip to let the man know you mean business. That's like the exclamation point at the end of a long-haired sentence. That's how you know we're done talking. Like, yeah, so. Uh. It's never a smart sentence. It's never like, so that's when I got my master's. That's never happened. <laughs> it's more like, so anyway, that's the day I learned. You can get a DUI on a bicycle. <laughs> so wise. <laughs> I have long hair. I'm still a little prejudice against guys with long hair. I think it depends on the occupation, okay? Long-haired comedian, fine. Long-haired cardiologist, I've got a couple questions. Yeah, if they're like, I just completed the procedure and I think your dad's gonna be fine. Is he? I have to play a game with strangers ever since my hair got long. I hate it, it's never my idea. The game is called, do you know who you look like? Yeah, and it's never Thor, not once has it been Thor. Even when I'm holding the hammer, Thor has never been mentioned. Guess what I have gotten? Chubby Jesus, that's hurtful. I get it, but it's hurtful. Really, guy standing next to me in line at a coffee shop, you just wanted to tell a stranger he looked like chubby Jesus? You're a bad person. And guess what? I will not forgive you. Yeah, you're gonna have to talk to skinny Jesus about forgiveness. Skinny Jesus walks on water. Chubby Jesus likes to keep a shirt on in the hot tub. He's less, less forgiving. I bet Jesus never got called a fat Foo Fighter. I don't, uh, I don't really have a look that says I'm doing well financially. Oh, okay, wow, all right. Thank you for clapping for my poverty, thank you. I was at the grocery store, checker was ringing up my stuff. She got to my bag of apples and she was like, sir, just to let you know, these apples are pretty expensive. I was like, wait, do I look like I don't have apple money? I'm like, oh no, I want them. I've been saving up. I had my eye on that bag of apples for a long time. I said, someday, God willing, those are going home with me. Today's that day. I just cashed in a war bond. Ram up! She's like, well, they're $4 a pound. I'm like, yeah, I saw the sign, but I did not come here to do math, so I don't know what that means. She's like, okay, just so you know, these apples are $20.13. Are you sure you want them? And I was like, yeah, I, I want some of them. I'll take an apple, get me an apple. Not the big one, please put that one back. And that's when I sadly realized she had profiled me correctly. I'm doing all right, I don't have Honeycrisp money. I have Honeycrisp taste and a red delicious budget, that's what I have. I accidentally bought organic apples, that was the problem. 
which by the way, that rarely happens in the self-checkout. <laughs> little shopping tip for you guys. No. If your budget's a little tight, good news, a lot of stuff looks like a banana. Not that I'd be able to pull it off. I've never actually, I've never pulled off self-checkout by myself. People who work there have to come help me. Like more than one. A guy with keys shows up. He's like, what'd you do? I'm like, I don't, it says unauthorized item in begging area. And I think it's me. I don't actually work here. I'm trying to avoid the checker. I don't want to talk to the, I don't like that conversation. I don't want to talk about what I'm buying and how that means my evening's going to go. Oh. Pepto-Bismol and duct tape. Somebody, hey, put in the bag. How about that? Put in the bag. <laughs> Chatty Kathy, put in the bag. I don't know why I picked those two items. I apologize. Um, I guess Pepto is plan A. Duct tape is plan B. The point is, this ends tonight. out of shape. You want to know how you know you're getting out of shape? When you get out of breath blowing on the food to cool it down that you're trying to eat. It's a big hint. So i got to start exercising more. That's the thing. I'm, and I'm looking at the machine I can buy and take on the road with me. And here it is. I'm watching the infomercial. Here's the big picture of the guy at the before picture. What he looked like before. And here's the machine. And he's working out with it. He's real vigorous on it. That's what he looks like in the after picture. I'm like, man, maybe I should buy that thing. Work out with it just three times a week for 20 minutes each time, and maybe I could look like that guy in the before picture. <laughs> you guys left me hanging on that one for a second, and I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I know that I eat poorly. I know that it doesn't escape my team, but everybody wants to tell me how to eat. I'm driving overnight one time, tired, just ready to get home, order some stuff in a drive-thru around the corner, and there's a woman standing outside of her car stopping me. I said, are you okay? And she said, yes, don't go get your food yet. Why? I said, because I told them we didn't want the food that they had already prepared. We wanted our food prepared fresh. Lady, I just ordered three cheeseburgers off the dollar menu <laughs> at McDonald's at 2.45 in the morning. I am well aware of the level of cuisine I'm about ready to have. <laughs> Why don't you get out of my way while the chef prepares yours the way you want it? Let him throw my fat in a sack and get on down the road. I've got places to be. I was at a nice restaurant one time and the waitress walked over and said, have you had time to look at the menu? Yes, I have. What can I get you? I said, I'm a very basic, straightforward kind of eater. How about like a steak and a baked potato? She said, okay, perfect. How would you like your potato? <laughs> Baked. <laughs> I thought I hit that a second ago. Did I not run through that already? She goes, no, I have 22 different ways I can prepare a baked potato. Would you like to hear the list? No, I don't want to hear the list. Make it hot. <laughs> Put it in your pocket and walk around with it for a second. I don't care. Heat it up. How would you like your steak? Well done. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't prepare our steaks well done. Well, that's okay because it's not our steak. <laughs> I'm not trying to sound like a horrible person here, but I plan on eating it all by myself. You know? <laughs> she said, no, the cooks won't prepare it that way, but you can have it done any other way. Oh, any other way. Uh, do you do medium? Yes, we do. We'll do that twice. <laughs> I've got a buddy that's really into juicing. He's like, man, if you juice fruits and vegetables, you get so many more vitamins and nutrients. I said, let me make you some. I don't know. Come on, let me do well, What's in it? Well, this has kale and carrots. No. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. I'm also going to put some beets in it. Oh, good. There for a second, I thought it was going to taste like crap. <laughs> Glad you had some of those plump, delicious beets I've been craving. <laughs> You can mix in a little broken concrete and rock salt and really help wash that down. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. 
you do insane things to try and stay in shape. I had some people come up to me after a show, like, hey, man, let me ask you a question. Do you play volleyball? I was like, oh, yeah, when actually the correct answer is, oh, no. <laughs> they asked me a personal question about myself to my face, and I got it wrong. That is very difficult to do. No, they said, we really don't need you to play, but it's like our big championship game. We thought it'd be cool if you just like stay on the side and kind of make some jokes. I'm like, hey man, that's cool, I can do that. So I get there and I've got an old pair of basketball shorts on, like a t-shirt from the Chuckle Hut in Tennessee or wherever it's from. And my teammates come in and they're all in these really nice looking uniforms. I'm like, guys, I don't, I don't have a uniform. Like, it doesn't matter, you're not gonna be playing. Perfect, I'm gonna get away with this. And they're warming up, and I'm out there helping as I can, and they're loving me, right? Till the guy gets a phone call, he goes, okay, okay. And he looks over at me and goes, we've got it covered, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know what he's getting ready to say, but we don't got it covered. I do know that. And he points at me and goes, you gotta play. Hold up, we talked about this. I wasn't supposed to play. He goes, no, four guys riding together, their Jeep broke down the interstate, they're not gonna make it. If we're not, uh, if we don't start the game with six, we're disqualified, you're number six. And the guy walks up, he's like, hey man, just have a little fun, reach out to give me one of those, you know? And right when I get about right here, somebody yelled at me, they go, hey Thornsbury, I look away and I missed. I didn't connect that. Which should have been their first clue that I might not be the athlete that they were banking on. <laughs> and we get in our little huddle, and the guy goes, okay, we're gonna go cross face rotation on two. I don't, I don't know what that means. He gets mad. He goes, cross face, rotation, on two. Yeah, the volume wasn't throwing me off. It's not where you lost me. He said, just stand in the corner of the playing area and try to stay out of the way. Hey, that was my plan from the beginning there, Tim. I don't know what your plan was. That's what I had to do. He's like, watch out. They've got Andy serving. Who's Andy? Andy was a three-time All-American at the University of Oregon. He was a reserve for the U.S. men's Olympic volleyball team. And said he's got this weird ability to figure out the weakest player on the opposing team. <laughs> and will attack him. Oh, like a guy not wearing a friggin' uniform? <laughs> Sherlock Andy can CSI those clues together, can he? Wonderful what they teach in Oregon. I wish this story had a better ending. I really do. <laughs> Andy served the ball to me 15 times in a row because he is a horrible human being. <laughs> After the third point, his team goes and sits down. <laughs> They're just sitting on the side, just texting. Probably guy, my guys on my team that aren't getting missiles fired at 85 miles an hour every seven seconds. Man, this guy sucks. Well, I know that we had to get somebody. I know that. Why is he crying or whatever they were saying? I really don't know if that's what they were talking about. <laughs> we lose 15 to nothing. Their championship season destroyed 1,000%. My fault. Everybody's mad. Everybody leaves. One guy walks back over to him and is like, hey, man, no, it's not your thing. I appreciate it. And he goes, oh, you can't do that either. And walks off. <laughs> And, and one, one time, I remember, I used to, I love going to church. Love church. And there was one time, there was a lady at church, found out what I did for a living. And she was like, um, you know, Brother Norman, the scriptures teach us that um, loud laughter is not approved. <laughs> and I said, well, Sister Johnson, if you've ever seen me perform, you know that's not a problem. <laughs> I used to have a really cool Sunday school teacher, right? But he was a little, he was a little confident. It was a little overconfident sometimes. Right? And one time he forgot his lesson, so he just he comes in. He's like, "All right, boys, tell me what we're gonna do. Uh, you just go ahead and throw out any question you have about anything about uh, life in general, uh, anything you want about church, anything. And I'm gonna give you a straightforward, honest answer right now." We're all just kind of like. Excuse me. Uh, yes, uh, Brother Norman. Okay. Um, okay. Is God 
It's got omni not omnipotent. Well, yeah. Okay, is, is God omniscient? Yeah. Okay, well, if God is all-powerful and he's all-knowing, would he not know everything we're going to do before we do it? And then if he allows us to do it, even though he has the power to stop us from doing it, if he allows us to do it, would not then anything uh, that we do then uh, become God's will that's making uh, free agency an illusion? <laughs> Why don't we just go ahead and play hangman? <laughs> and uh, later on, I took a study philosophy because I want to find more, I can get more answers. So for what causes their philosophy? It was, uh, it was a little weird. It's the first day of class, right? Teacher comes walking in and goes, <clears throat> Perhaps the most important thing that you can learn in this class is that there are no absolute truths in the universe. Back there, like. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, hey. Uh, well, okay, if, okay if, there, if there are no absolute truths, and then you make the statement that there are no absolute truths. <laughs> Won't the statement that there are no absolute truths be an absolute truth? <laughs> thus negating the idea that there are no absolute truths? <laughs> Perhaps we should just play hangman. <laughs> Then I had, this, I had this other class where all we talked about for first first week was uh, we just we talked about chairs. Not like how to build a chair or anything constructive or useful about the chair, but the idea that the chair that you're currently sitting on is not actually a chair because that chair has not always been a chair. But in order for it to be a chair, it always has to be a chair. Therefore, it's only in a temporary state of representing a chair because the idea of a real chair is an idea of a chair, and that's the real chair being the chair, and that this is just a physical manifestation of the idea of the chair because the idea of the chair is a real chair, so this chair is not really a chair. <laughs> for a week. And then at the end of the, the, the week, we come walking in, and uh, a, he, uh, the uh, professor is like, okay, uh, we're going to have a quiz, and uh, just take out a sheet of paper. And uh, as we've been discussing about the existence of a chair, uh, you need to defend uh, your own existence. <laughs> And they're thinking, man, maybe it's not too late to go change my degree to something real, like, you know, English. <laughs> so I just start thinking about it, and then I finally just got up. I got up and I started walking out, and the teacher, the professor, said, hey, hey, excuse me, where are you going? And I was like, uh, pardon me? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Who are you talking to? <laughs> Who's talking to you? Me? Yeah, you. <laughs> well, I guess I got an A. <laughs> If you saw my last special, I made fun of millennials. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah, it, uh, it was quite popular. Do we have anybody here tonight under the age of 30? Any 20 somethings? That's still the dumbest group of humans I've ever met in my life. Uh, 
You're not dumb academically, I'll get to that, but you are soft emotionally, I can tell you that. <laughs> the reason I say that, when I was growing up, our parents let us play in the street, climb trees, and blow stuff up. And you know what happened if you got hurt or maimed? You got a new name. <laughs> I had two friends I grew up with, Amer and Niner. When Amer was six, he was in the garage with his big brothers blowing stuff up. He lost his right eye. It was closed the rest of his life. He looked like he was aiming a gun. That's how he got the name Amer. <laughs> He was the Aimer. Everybody called him Aimer. I did not know his name was not Aimer. Till the first day of third grade, the teacher said, Ross Thomas. We all went, Ross Thomas, who? Aimer is your name, Ross? We started laughing. That sounded funnier to us than Aimer did. And Amer says to the teacher, no, my name's Amer. My mom is the only one that calls me Ross. And she goes, well, Amer, how'd you get that name? He goes, <laughs> Do you imagine now a kid even pretending to point a gun at a teacher? There'd be a lockdown, there'd be a helicopter above the school. My friend Nyer in the fourth grade, there were four of us who were all out in the woods together. We were all climbing trees. We were all up about 15 feet and he fell. And on the way down, he was trying to grab branches. And by the time he hit the ground, he'd lost most of his ring finger. And uh, <laughs> every time I tell this story, I still picture it. It's 55 years ago, it still makes me laugh. Because he got up and he's dusting himself off. He's going, I'm bleeding somewhere. I'm bleeding. I'm I'm cut, I'm cut, I don't know what. <laughs> and my other friend says, look at your hand. And he, he screamed and he ran home. And we all climbed down and followed him, but none of us thought to look for his finger. <laughs> about four days later, he's back in class. His hand's all heavily bandaged up. We're learning about decimal points for the first time in our life. He raises his hand, he says, I have 9.2 fingers. <laughs> Called him Niner for the rest of his life. <laughs> when I was a kid, everybody had a nickname. Every single kid, nobody went by their real name and it was given to you by your friends, usually about a body part that was not flattering. <laughs> I had friends who were paunch, tater head. <laughs> Lips, chin, lips had big old Pete Davidson lips. Chin didn't have one. He'll... We originally called him Viola because we knew he'd never play one. <laughs> I had another friend in high school. He had a short right arm. It was just, it was fully functional, but it was just, it was a short kind of short arm on this side, right? So he had a big hand and a little hand. We called him Clock. Everybody called him Clock. The teachers called him Clock. He was Clock. Clock was awesome too. He was in my second period algebra class and we were supposed to be in our seats every day at nine o'clock when the bell rang, but clock would always wait out in the hall <laughs> until that bell rang and he'd burst through the door every morning like this. It was never not funny. Every single day we waited for that moment and laughed for 10 minutes. One day we're sitting in class, the bell rings and he doesn't come through the door. We're like, oh, well, that's weird. Where's clock? You know, must be absent. Well, he was, he was tardy. <laughs> 10 minutes later, he burst through that door like. <laughs> we laughed until 9.30. <laughs> and clock was the best student in class and uh, he was the, by far the best student in class. And every Friday we had to race him in, on problems. The teacher would put problems up on the board. We had to compete against him. We called it beat the clock. <laughs> Nobody could beat him. He had that left hand going like this and, and the eraser in his short hand. Like, <laughs> One time in PE class, this is after class, we're in the locker room changing, right? And we had two new kids in, in class and they were bullies and they were bullying clock. 
And uh, so clocks in there and he goes, I'm gonna knock you out with this hand. And then he goes, boom, and knocks, <laughs> just spins this kid, knocks him out, just boom, hits the ground. <laughs> and then he turns the other one and goes, or this one. And we hit that kid, you know, we all hooted and hollered and the teacher came running out of his office. What's going on? What's going on? We said, well, these guys were bullying clock and he knocked one of them out. <laughs> and by then this kid's kind of getting up and the teacher just walks over and goes, you just got knocked out by a kid with a half arm. <laughs> Hope you learn to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> and that was the end of it. Nobody got sent to the office. Nobody got suspended. Nobody's parents got called. Nowadays, Clark would have been the one that got suspended for throwing that first punch. And then you'd had to bring your parents to get an anger, anger management plan. Well, I got angry and I punched that kid. That's the plan. <laughs> Can you imagine now calling kids by their afflictions? Hey, here's my buddies, Blinky and Snort. my other friend, Orphan, his parents were anti-vaxxers. <laughs> Not accurate. If you love what you heard today, don't keep it to yourself. Share this episode with friends and family and let's spread the laughter. Don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on today's guests and special offers just for our listeners. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back soon with even more laughs. Join the fucking funny community today. <laughs>